today for another one of our podcasts on, on getting to know your judges and having a chat and finding out about them. And today it's Anne Lever up in Lancashire. So thanks, Anne, for joining me this afternoon. And um, how are you managing in this current situation with the coronavirus? Are you uh, finding yourself with a lot of spare time? Yes, I'm finding myself with a lot of spare time. Obviously, John, my husband, being a vet, is sort of carrying on doing um, as much as they possibly can in the circumstances. Um, I've now got an extremely clean house. I've done sort of like different jobs each day and um, walking the little legs off my little dog. Oh, so you haven't come up with any other hobbies to fill your time at the moment, nothing unusual? Oh, yeah, but it just depends on um, how long it goes on for. I might have to think of something. Are you cooking more? <laughs> I've done all the cooking, actually, so no, I'm not doing the cooking. Oh, all right. oh you're lucky there, then. <laughs> I've, got, uh-huh. I've had to become rather more domesticated in my time. Oh, dear. So the idea is to get to know you a little bit as a judge, and you've been um, a judge, well, you're a very experienced judge. How, how many, what panels are you on? Um, I'm on the Arab Horse Society. That was the first one that I went on. Um, the British Show Horse Association. I'm on the BSPS. I'm on your panel, the TSR, and I'm on Chaps. And somehow I'm on a Spotted panel as well. I don't know quite how that happened. Oh, right. Oh, the Spotted ponies. Yeah, either Appaloosa Base or British Spotted Society. So are you right, apart from the BS? P.S. You're a ride judge for Chaps and, and BSHA and the Irish Draft. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Not the Irish Draft. I'm not the Irish Draft. Arab Horse Society. Oh, Arab. Sorry, the Arab Horse Society. Oh. Yep. So get that right. So you're um, a ride judge for the Arab Horse Society. And how long have you been a judge now? Um, it'll be over 20 years now. Time's going on. I'm getting old, Sarah. <laughs> I think I worked out. I've been judging about 20 years as well. It's frightening. Uh, it's frightening. I know how time flies. So how did you? Um, what? come to be you know come into judging or with the horses what sort of of, of experience um what was it, what, where did you start off basically well basically i was sort of fortunate enough to be born into um horsey horsey parents um my hmm. dad was sort of um quite a well-known horse dealer who came from a shire horse background and um my mum is sort of a good old all-round horsewoman i mean she's competed at Horse theatre and the working hunter, she point to pointed, she sort of show jumped, and then when my parents got divorced when I was 10, she went on to train um, racehorses. So I was oh, very, right. very lucky to have sort of a, an all round sort of um, background, really. Hmm. But showing was never really my main um, concern. I started showing, I went in um, my first class as a, in the lead rain on um, a pony that came from the late Shirley. Um, and David to the booth, a little pony called Yogi Bear, and, and I won, and apparently I had, I had mumps. Um, oh and then the showing carried on from, from there. I started hunting when I was six, hunting on a different sort of lead rein pony off the lead, and did all sorts of sort of pony club activities. So showing was never really the, my main um, interest. I went to pony club camp when I was um, eight and was, Eight mm. or nine, actually, and I was too young to stay, so I'd stay, it was at Aintree, I'd stay at some friends of my parents, and I think that's where my high standards came from. I can remember being absolutely horrified that I had to clean tack every, <laughs> every day and muck out twice a day, so um, I always remember that. I then went on, really, to compete in, um, in all the Pony Club team activities, so I was lucky enough to go to National Champs. Um, oh, good. Stone and this will make you smile. I sort of jumped to double clear, but my dressage was probably my best dressage I'd ever done, but dressage was never going 
to be my thing. So I sort of take my hat off really to the Louise Bells of the world who have gone on to compete very highly in dressage. I was never going to carry on eventing, not because I wasn't brave and didn't like the cross country, but um, no, I, didn't, I was never It was really the discipline of the dressage. Yeah. <laughs> and then from then on, really, I went on um, to do all sorts of things. Probably the first... Um, time I really competed at a very high level was with a good cob that I just found from some show jumping people I'd not had a cob before and he became Tom Cobbley and probably one of my best things ever was winning um, the Royal with him in 1999 when the Royal was the Royal at um, Stoneley mm. <clears throat> and yeah. he was also second and third at the Royal International when it was at, um, at the NEC so oh I remember yeah. Hickford, <laughs> that shows how old I am and then I've just gone on from there, really. Um, showing Arabs, I just sort of fell into that and, um, and became, went to Belgium and was the, won the, um, um, sounds like talking about, oh, what I won, um, the European Championship on the Ridden Arab Zakir really? and Arab Stallion. So that's really where my affection for the Arabs came from. And then I was asked to go on the Arab Horse Society panel. So hmm. from there, that is how I then sort of went on to the hack and carb and traps and so on and so forth. Oh, right. Well, that's fantastic. Well, to go abroad and, and win abroad with an Arab, is, I can believe it's quite, you know, it's a massive achievement, really, isn't it? But it's fantastic, so it was, it was, it was, it was really good, yes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, great. So the height, so for, for, um, for your judging, have you been, have you been judging 20 years or more? Is there any particular highlight you can pick out or is there, um, or is it sort of just you enjoy judging at any sort of any level really as it were yeah i enjoy judging at any level and i mean i've been fortunate enough to judge at the royal windsor i think either three or four times at horse year show twice royal mm. international great yorkshire etc i think some of the highlights might be things that people don't know i judged the first ever ridden shire class at the peterborough shire show when it was you know sort of there in, in march the annual event and that yeah. was quite, you know, a personal sort of achievement. And Princess Anne came into the ring, so that was memorable. Oh, that's lovely. Another memorable um, moment that I had was, I think it was the Derbyshire Festival show at um, Summerford Park. And that is sort of one of the early, early shows. And I judged on my own. And I had the riding horse champion, the hack champion, and the cub champion, mm. um all competing from Hoyes the previous year. That you know, all the winners, sorry. Yeah. I'd, I'd competed and won there last year. I, I judged all those plus the um, uh, the four-year-old that had won the Cuddy the previous year. So that right. was very, very memorable. You know, sort of standing there on your own, thinking how lucky you know you are to judge. You know, all, all those on, yeah. on one day. Probably another memorable moment as well was judging the hat. Uh, the hat championship at Pickstead Derby again sort of on my own and standing in that that ring I was a little overwhelmed thinking heck this is little me you know standing here <laughs> and, and so you think it's quite an honour Sarah don't you when you do you, do. you know sort of places like that Royal Windsor the main ring with the with the castle in the background is just fantastic mm. 
Mm, it is. It's like it. It's, it's very special, Windsor. I think at rates I've judged at Windsor, and it is very, very nice indeed. Because the Queen is, you know, you feel you're in the presence of the Queen and and the royalty, and it's a very well organised show. So yeah, yeah and you yeah. mentioned the Queen. Thinking about again, one of my best moments. Probably had the best year I've ever ever had with the lovely um, Sue Benson's lovely Cobb, and he won um, the Great Yorkshire International, and he, he won the Royal Windsor. And on the Sunday, I went back to the Supreme. And there, it was my birthday, and there there was the Queen watching. So that was a very special occasion. Oh, fantastic. And your birthday as well. <laughs> birthday as well, yeah. I've got a lovely photograph. I can actually sort of see it see it now where um, the Queen is actually sort of looking at him as I, as I was riding past. So that is that was a very special moment. Oh, that's lovely. That is great. What is your favourite? You, you're known for, obviously, competing in Cobbs recently. Um, obviously, you've competed, as you say, in Arabs in the past. But what is your favourite class to judge? So, you know, you, you've on lots of different panels, and you have your, you ride you ride your own Cobbs. So is, is, Cobb, is the Cobb class your favourite class, or do you prefer um, another class? I, I don't think I really have, have a favourite. I think, I think, personally, the Cobbs tend... To ride the best, I think you sort of think, you look at the hunters and you think, oh, the hunters are fabulous and, and they're going to ride really well. And sometimes I think the hunters, I don't know what you think, sometimes I think the hunters can be disappointing with their, with their rides. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think cubs tend to be good to ride. I like the hats. Um, I obviously have sentimental you know, sort of reasons, the affection for the Arabs, and it's nice to have a good one. I think children's classes. I think I love the sort of the small, the small children, and um, you know the children's classes. I don't know what's going to happen at Hoys this year, but I was fortunate enough to be judging the lead rein and the and the first ridden, so it could be interesting to see if I still yeah. will be. Well, I know it's one of those um, situations that we're just having to wait to see what happens. And even though it's in October, really, on the scale of this outbreak, it is difficult to know with gatherings what will happen. But fingers crossed, you never know. We can only hope <laughs> with exactly. it all. Exactly. So um, when you're judging, do you have any pet dislikes in your confirmation or when you're riding particularly? Is there anything that, um, or way of going, is there anything that you really do do do, do not look do not like to see, as it were. Mm, I think I think as judges, we all sort of tend to tend to say say the same sort of things. I think one thing that I would say as a as a ride judge, and they're they're sort of connected, aren't they, Sarah? I think if you've mm. got something where it's it's head and neck is sort of is set on properly, and it's going to give you that lovely sort of uphill, sort of comfortable ride, and it looks you know sort of through its ears, it's got the presence. I think I think. You know, that's what I like as a, as a, as a ride judge. I think I like it to be, you know, comfortable going somewhere and you're sat in the middle. So those things, obviously we're not talking about the, the limb there, but those things are sort of a connected, I think. If you're sitting in the middle and the head mm. and neck are set on right, you get a nice comfortable ride, don't you? Yeah, you do. I think in Cobb, going, going to Cobb classes, I think, you know, one of, it, they can ride quite, depending on their confirmation, they can ride quite heavy in front. So can, if you yeah. get a cob that is yeah. lifting up in front, I think that's always a, always a, you know, that's, it's always a bonus, as it were, because so many of them do tend to be a little bit on their forehand. So mm. up, uphill is really, really important. Is there anything confirmation-wise that you really don't like? Like some judges don't like splints or, you know, some judges have a 
particular thing about hind legs? Is there anything confirmation-wise that you do or don't like? Uh, I suppose being a bit old-fashioned again, I don't like anything that's sort of back at the knee. I don't like mm. anything with sort of, you know, sort of small feet in comparison to the rest of them um, or odd feet. And I certainly don't like sort of a, a, weak, a weak hind leg. Splints, we could always talk about splints forever. You know, John, as a vet says, it's very rare you see an old horse with a, with a splint. So, you know, perhaps um, splints can go, can't they? But other things are going to be there forever and perhaps even yeah. go worse as, as, as age, I think I Yeah. Think. So with a young horse, I haven't really, you know, it's with a young horse with a splint, because obviously they can go, and depending on where, whether it's right up under the knee or whatever, I think... With a young horse, you would. What's your opinion on that? Would you be too concerned if you saw one with a small splint or or anything like that in perhaps a novice class or anything? I probably wouldn't be too concerned, but again, it's that same old thing, isn't it? It's what it, you are comparing it to what else is in the yeah. class. So, so if I really like something and it had, you know, a bit of a splint, um, I'd rather have that than something else that's got a confirmation fault that's not going to improve. Well, yeah, like a poor hind leg. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or bad hop, or you know, or, or or bad through the hock anyway. So, mm. all right. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. No, and what uh, we've just you've touched on what you what you look for in a good ride, which is an an uphill ride. But mm. if you're judging pony classes, um, is there anything in the show that you really like to see? If someone is, you know is going to come under you and put together a show, is there anything particular? I think um, probably one of my um, pet hates. Um, and try to sort of say this at the at the training clinics that we do, don't we? Is that mm. We don't want them to sort of anticipate, and we don't we, we like to see them to be to wait to be asked. I think it's all very good, you know, to the well school pony just comes across the change of rein and automatically, you know, uh, changes and goes on to the correct leg. I think I'd rather always wait to see something to be to be asked. Um, so it's not an, not just anticipating, but it's actually waiting to be asked. And I think yeah. that's I mean, a ride as well, isn't it? A, yeah. a, a, you can ride a hat that's beautifully schooled, and it more or less does it for you. It makes you look very good. But you're like, <laughs> actually, I didn't ask you to do that, and off you've gone and done it. So I think I think it's whether you're watching um, a, a performance, you're watching a show, or you're actually riding. I think it's something that wait that waits to be asked, and that is that is manly. Yeah. Rather than taking sort of control and doing it itself or being a bit robotic. Yeah, a little bit robotic. So you like something with a bit of presence as well because sometimes, yeah, yeah, it would be a little bit robotic with it. So if you depending on what class um, you're judging for a show-wise, so, um, you know, with the show hunter ponies or or the little leading reins, um, is there, with the show hunter ponies, you obviously would like to see them do a good gallop and and, and things like that. Yes, definitely. I think a hunter pony... It should gallop, definitely should gallop. Mm. And with the hacks, if, if when your hack is giving a show, would you expect a hack to do a few lengths and strides at all, or 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 would you? Are you? Or what are you looking for in a hack show? I think that's quite interesting because I wouldn't necessarily expect or or ask it to do a few um, lengths and strides. But I know you and I once had this conversation before, and you said yes, you would. You would perhaps ask it to move on. I'd probably want to see something slightly different, whether that would be a few, you know, sort of extended strides, and I think that would be good. 
Um, yeah. Or if you're asked, if you if, when you're doing the ride, if you ask them to do something, you know, sort of slightly different. Um, but I know you you do like them to do that, whereas I I'd never really sort of considered that really. No, well, I tend to do it. I, tend, I don't ask for an extension or a gallop. I just like to open the canter slightly because then you can. I tend to then you can feel how they come back to you, and also you're slightly whether you've asked if they're not used to it or how balanced they are as well. But some people like to do a halt when they're ride judging hacks and halt and then move off again and or do or you know or anything like that. So um, I think we all go about it slightly differently, but trying to achieve the same <laughs> same results. I've done, I've talked about that halt. I know I've done that in the past when they think not sort of in the middle of when you're riding them, but towards the end of the show when you sort of come to finish and then stop mm. and then ask them to go again when they think they've finished. I think sometimes that can sort them out because they think, oh, they've finished, and oh, am I going again? Whereas if they just say, oh, right, yes, come on, then are we still going? Then I think that can make a difference. You can sort, yeah. of sort them out. With the money. And then when people give a show with, like, they can do, they do serpentines and all sorts of things like that. Is that, um, so I, you know, what, what's your view on, 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 on the more complicated pack shows? Do you, do you like a simple show or would you, do you like to see them incorporate some other I'd elements? Rather to it? A, I'd rather see a simple show done well than a complicated show done badly. Um, I don't know if we can severely mention names, but I can once remember judging Helen Baker, and she did the most beautiful, beautiful serpentine, all one-handed, and she did the most beautiful show, and I'll never, you know, sort of never forget that. Mm. Um, so I think a complicated show done well is great, but I'd rather see a simple show done, done you know, sort of better than I've just said. Yeah. That was complicated and go wrong. Or go yeah. on for too long. Yes, go on for too long. Because time is always of the essence, because the secretary has always got another show, yes. another class to get to, isn't it? So, yeah, these show right. organisers, yes. <laughs> we cram as many classes in as possible. Yeah. We don't want them to go on for too long. Um, Righty-ho. So, with um, with going back to... Um, to the leading race and first riddance and everything there's often some controversy around different bits and stuff like that what's your view on the wilkie bits and with leading reins and, and first riddance and and we were advised to take the severity of bits into account so yeah i think i think this is a difficult one i think it the reason why it's so difficult is that so many now have wilkie snaffles if you look at um, mm. Classes, the lead rein classes, is the only, you know, odd ones now that that don't that have a normal sort of snaffle and not a wilkie, mm. and so I think it's quite hard to then differentiate or to have have an opinion. But I personally don't don't use them, and I'd rather see um, you know one going correctly um, without a wilkie. I know some people sort of say, well, obviously, you know, sort of it, it helps the child. You know, if you've got a small child, it, it can help with the child. I must say, I don't feel, I haven't got a strong view on it because mm. I think now they've overtaken the world and everybody seems to use them. So it's difficult, like I say, to find something that's perhaps as nice that hasn't got a Wilkie in that goes, you know, goes properly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I understand what you're saying. That it's, it's gone so far down the line, really. Now, is it relevant? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in well, a sense. probably. Yeah, and then you look, yeah. you know, so right, you look in um, 
a picture in the horse and hound or, or somewhere and you see the line up and you look and you think, look how many have got Wilkie snaffles in. Yeah, yeah. And is it, then you have to really go to it, how soft is it in the contact or is it very, or is it perhaps really tight, like very rigid? And yeah, that's, and yeah. I think you have to drill down into the, perhaps the outline of, of the horse and, and the and the and the type of rein or whether they're holding the handle or or whatever. I think you have to go a little bit deeper perhaps then to get yes. to get yes. to a decision. Would that be fair enough? I think that's a very good point, Sarah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So keeping on the bit subject, which has been introduced this year by the BSHA, is that swales bits, uh, I think as far as I'm aware, are not allowed in novice classes anymore. Is that my is that yep. I think yeah, that's that, yeah. Right. yeah. So what's your What's your view on that, and also in swale, and swales in open classes? Because in the cob classes, there's quite a few swales bits in cob classes. So, what's your view? I don't like swale bits, and I don't. It would automatically make me sort of think, well, why has it got one in, or why does it, why does it sort of need it? And it goes back to sometimes we're saying about cobs, like you were saying about how they're built and the heavy on in front and the heavy, mm. you know, they're on the forehand and they think, well, put a swells in and it will, it will sort of, you know, lift it up a little bit. So I don't like them. I think, I think sometimes the older a horse gets and it gets a bit keener or a bit so stronger and people will put a swale in, but I don't, I don't like them. I don't like to use them. I don't like to see them and I don't like them as a, as a judge. So, so if you had two horses, say, let's look, that were equal, as it were, and you liked both of them, would you then go to the bit to say, perhaps, you know, you, you, it's got a, that one's got a swales in, that hasn't, so perhaps, and you like both of them roughly equally. So would that come into the judging process then, do you think? I think if you, yes, if, if you said they were both equal and um, everything else was sort of the same and they'd given you a good ride and one had a swale in and one hadn't, I would definitely go against the one with the swale because yeah. you'd think, well, you know, it hasn't given me a good ride because it's got that in its mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. That is, yeah, that's fair enough indeed. So um, moving on as a ride judge, when we're ride judging, we obviously have never ridden them before and we get on and we, we do our very best as ride judges. So what, what's, your, what's your opinion on if something wrong legs with you when you're ride judging or perhaps has a little cheeky like, oh, I'm enjoying myself but isn't dangerous in any way? What's your view on that? Um, if it's something went on on the wrong leg and it just stuck off on the wrong leg, I might sort of think, oh, heck, that was perhaps my fault. And I might sort of mm. blame myself. I sort of pride myself on the fact that not very many ever go on the wrong leg. And for me, watch this now, next year, everything will go on the wrong leg. <laughs> um, um, but if something just went to strike off on the wrong leg and then corrected itself straight away, then I would probably blame myself. I would certainly forgive it, definitely would sort of forgive it. If yeah. obviously something went on the wrong leg more than once, and I thought, well, you know, and that, I would definitely, definitely take that into consideration. Again, mm. a cheeky little book. Um, it goes back to what we were saying before. I'd rather see something with some pre presence and, you know, some character rather than something, again, that's a bit dull and robotic. So I think a cheeky little little book, sometimes, you know, you can sort of think, well, at least it's alive and it's enjoying itself or whatever. <laughs> but um, I don't think I'd really penalise it, unless it properly, you know, was worse than a cheeky yeah. little book. And yeah. again, we're back to the same thing. If, 
if you had something that you liked so much and it hadn't been a cheeky little book and it had given you a ride, you might then take it into consideration. Mm, mm. And because um, often people say, well, that horse, you know, even in, the, in flat, in the pony classes, wrong legs are, you know, it's very controversial. But in the horse classes, some, you don't often hear it as, as a problem. But I have had it, you know, where that horse did and that wrong legged was a ride judge. And I'm very much of the opinion as well. If it only does it once, then perhaps I set it off wrong because I was slightly unbalanced with it. Or, you know, you'd only just literally got on it, trotted six strides and asked for canter. So, you know, perhaps yeah. it is, uh, is yourself as a ride judge, especially if it's early on, early on in the class as well. So what's your view on wrong legs in pony classes? Right, I think probably we can again debate this forever, can't we, with different mm. people. I definitely think that if it was, um, sort of say, for example, a, an open or a horse of the year show qualifier and something stuck off on the wrong leg and again there was something else as nice, then I think I would have to take it into consideration. Um, however, if um, it was the other way around and the one that had gone in and, and stuck off on the wrong leg but it was still head and shoulders above the others then I, I, I would I wouldn't you know I wouldn't penalise it then um, mm. I think obviously in classes novice classes or you know different classes that aren't as important in terms of I've got you know sort of qualification attached to it then I don't think I'd give it as, I wouldn't give it as much importance. Right. Okay. Well, that's interesting to know because the judges tend to deal with it differently. Do you have any, because some judges will, for a wrong leg will knock off a set, certain amount of marks, but it's very much, you know, regard, you know, if it just does it quickly, it's two or if it's, they don't correct it, it's 10 or something like that. Do you have any specific way of, with your marking with wrong legs at all or, or it's just very much fluid on what's in front of you? I think it's fluid on what's in front of me. Again, we could mm. put marks forever, couldn't we? And I think it's very, diff you know, it's very, so we'll drop, knock off two marks for that or five marks for that. I think it can can get, you can end up with the result that you don't particularly want. So I yeah. think to look at it as a whole. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you, tra you do quite a bit of training through your clinics and everything, so you must be used to a lot of different questions. And one of them always is, is about tack. How important is the, especially as a ride judge as well with saddles and everything, how do you ever consider the tack when you're judging in a sense? Uh, certainly for uncomfortable tack or dirty tack or tack that isn't, you know, sort of very supple, I think I definitely, definitely take notice of it. I think, you know, a, a comfortable saddle, I know we all want to show the shoulders off and have everything right, but I think a comfortable saddle is, is really, really, really important, and I think it needs to be clean and, and looked after, because obviously I think there's a safety element there as well. If it's not clean and, and, and looked after, you know, then you think, well, mm. is it actually safe as well? Do you have any preference on colour? Because I've always asked, should it be black or brown? And I would say, well, if you don't notice the tack on the horse, if it's clean, as you say, and, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's... Traditionally, we are dark brown in showing, but if you had um, a, a horse that looked fine in black tack, as long as it's not shiny black tack, then mm. you, have, you don't, you know, at local level particularly, um, there are, a variety, you know, 
that people do tend to use more black tack. Is that a problem to you or do you not really go there? I, I wouldn't, as a judge, I wouldn't um, take it necessarily into consideration, but I have a tack room, I'm sure you have as well, a tack room full of tack and I don't think there will be anything in it that is black. I think it would always be, everything is, is, is yeah. brown and if somebody ever asked me, um, I would always say, you know, go go for brown. Yeah, I would always say go for brown, but especially in the coloured classes, though, when you have a black and white one, I think there's more black tack yeah. involved in the coloureds because they think, oh, we've got a black and white horse, so we'll have the black tack, which is fine. It makes logical sense, but I do, you know, it's difficult. People do worry that the colour of their tack will will um, will will penalise them, but it's quite interesting. And with um, keeping on the tack with snaffle bridles, there is a lack of novice classes now. So, you know, novice horses don't always have a class to go in, especially at their local shows and on, lo on and, and riding club shows. People are concerned that they go into um, into an open class without double reins. And some local judges will say, oh, it's such a shame you're not in double reins. And really, my, my advice when I'm training is go in what your horse is happy in. Don't force it into something that's not ready. But do you take that? What was, what's your view on a, on a snapple bridle in an open class? Well, I agree exactly with you, and I think, um, again, you'd rather see something go very well in a snaffle than something go badly in a double um, or a, 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 a pelham or whatever with, with two reins. Um, mm. So I would, I would encourage people to stay in, in a snaffle. Um, in, you know, if, if their horse or pony is a novice, and mm. it has to go for whatever reason in an open class at a local show or something, I would very much encourage them to stay in a snaffle. And if I was judging, then it's, sometimes it's quite refreshing and nice to see a young horse yeah. in, in a snaffle in an open class. However, mm. again, once you get um, into the more sort of serious classes at a higher level... At like county level county level then I do then probably think it just automatically looks a little bit babyish looks a little bit novice and you'd rather it probably be going in an open class in a county level show in, in double veins however yeah. again if the horse was very 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 nice and it was in a snaffle and it went nicely you know I, I, I wouldn't necessarily penalise it no, they do tend to ride differently from a from a snaffle in in an, and a double. They, you know, a, a more mature horse can face that bridle a little a little bit more. But what I but that's quite interesting because I always my advice is, is is if it's going really well and it's and as you say it's it shouldn't be penalised for being being in a snaffle. So that's it. And what would be your top tip for if anyone was coming under you or as a judge in pony classes or or horse classes? What would, what, would, what would your advice be to an exhibitor? <laughs> uh, I think, I don't know if it would be my my top tip, and I think, you know, so the judges, again, we quite often sort of say the same things. I think um, a couple of things, really. That one would be is to give the horse or the pony the appropriate amount of work before it goes into the class. Sometimes yeah. you see people giving them so much work before they go in that when they come into the ring they're absolutely as fat as a pancake or you're sometimes judging at a show and you can see somebody outside the ring and they're just sat there and sat there waiting to come in and then they come <laughs> in and then the pony's lively and booking and not behaving itself and could become a bit of a, you know, a bit unsafe. So mm. I think it's about knowing... Um, 
knowing your horse or your pony and how much work it needs to come in to before you know in, before it comes actually into the ring um you know how much work to give it in the collecting ring i think that's one thing you know at a, at a lower level um mm. and to make sure that they're in the correct class you know we've got to judge to the schedule haven't we as, as yeah. and make sure that they're in you know if it's a riding horse they're in a riding horse class not in hunt class or in a in a hat class or anything, and quite often people are asking you to actually, I think, you know, it's more of a riding horse than a hack or vice versa. Mm. No, it's difficult for, for some people to get advice on what class to go in, and that's where clinics like yours are really invaluable because you've judged a whole multitude and you can give them advice on one, but sometimes um, with horses they do just fall in between two stools, don't they? <laughs> it just depends on the judge on the day which one they like it as, exactly, I tend to exactly, find. Exactly, yeah. And you think, oh dear, it's neither. <laughs> I know, and I, when, we, when that, uh, clinics, and then I say, well, try that and, and try that class and see the feedback you get off judges, and then you'll get a majority and then just plump and plump for that one and, and see. Because some sports horses, you know, they're not quite a hunter or they're not quite a riding horse, but you know, people like to put them in a show class, so apart from yeah. the sport horse classes, so no, it's finding a class for some, for it some is hard. It's hard, isn't it, for some, and, and then sometimes, you know, well, not everything has got to be a show horse, it's just a good thought. <laughs> I know, it's a good thought, just enjoy it. So what are you doing with your um, horses now, with the with the current situation? Have you turned them away, or are they on, on low work, or? Well, um, the ones that we've got at home, um, the the Hunter, she's just sort of just we've just got two turned away completely. We've got one that's just been let down. We've two that aren't now in work. They have been in work, but now we can just turn out during the day. They're mm. not in work. And the wonderful Oliver Whitegate Dazzler, he's not in 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 work. Um, so um, we're just you know letting enjoy them enjoy, enjoy the themselves. Day. Yeah. They have been in work until we've been able to turn mm. out. We've had to keep them ticking over, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But it's important to keep them to keep them active, as it were, and then and then they go out. So, well, fingers crossed that we'll see how the situation develops, and there might be some shows later on in the season. But um, it does totally depend. But thank you very much for talking to me this afternoon. Yeah. It's been really, really interesting. Thank you very much indeed. Safe and everyone else in these difficult times. Yeah, the most important thing, your health. <laughs> okay, thank you, Sarah.